Hey everybody, Richard Maxwell here. Welcome to another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. Today is the fifth of five parts where we've been talking about how students evolve and perceive and change their process over time. Uh, in the past several weeks, we've been talking to different groups from different classes across the various uh, elements of the music program here at Arcadia High School in Phoenix, Arizona. And this is the last of those classes that we are listening to. This is sixth hour right after lunch. Um, really good conversation. Again, it's interesting to kind of consider all the different perspectives that we've been looking at over the last month, month and a half, uh, as we've been talking to students about different priorities and different interests and whatnot. Uh, anyway, um, you can always find our podcast on iTunes. And you can find it in many other places wherever you might get podcasts. Please feel free to subscribe and share with other folks. You can always find out more about the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program at ArcadiaCMAS.com. There's a recordings archive there, videos, some photos, lots of cool stuff. And you can find us all over uh, social media at ArcadiaCMAS as well. And you can always find me at RichardMaxwell.net. So anyway... Uh, on with today's episode. Here you go. Thank you guys for being here. Um, this is actually, I don't know if you know this or not, this is actually part five of a series of uh, episodes that we've been doing, and I've been asking the same fundamental question in all five classes. Um, different folks uh, with different opinions. I think actually, because you're in both classes, I think you may have been in one of the episodes earlier on this, but I'm not sure, and that's totally fine if you were. Um, in any case, uh, so... What we've been talking about is this idea of actually. I'm sorry. Let's go. Around. I always do. I, I, I always I mess this up every time. I was gonna say they're not gonna know who I yeah, am. Yeah, you're referencing the fact that I was possibly in another right. podcast and they don't know me. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Let's go around the room real quick and just introduce yourself. And if you want to say um, what year you are in at school and or what year you are in the program, that would be awesome. All right. Uh, my name is Garrett Campbell. I am. A sophomore here at Acadia High School, and this is my second year in CMS, or first year in CMAS, my bad. <laughs> little overzealous there, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. right, no, that's cool. Sec first year, second year at yeah, Acadia, yeah. Exactly. My name is uh, Bran, I'm a freshman, it's my first year here. My name is Ian, I'm a freshman, and uh, yeah, this is my first year. And I'm Haley, I'm a senior, and this is my fourth year. Cool, all right, so thank you for all that. Uh, my apologies for not having you there right at the outset. Uh, anyway, what I was what I was referring to is we've been talking about this idea in all the different classes, and the idea has been to get sort of not a consensus, but just different people who are in different places in the program, either because of experience or because of goals or whatever it might be. And we're talking about this idea of your own sense of how you work through your creative process of making stuff or producing things depending on your goals or whatever it is you might be exploring and maybe more specifically ways you know especially three of the four of you you've been here doing really good things but you've only really technically been here about 10 weeks or so so some of this may be you may answer in kind of a, a a way where you're like, I'm still trying to figure out what to do when this kind of thing happens or, or whatnot, and that's okay. But the idea, like, like I'll give you an example. So, you know, a lot of the projects in here are designed very deliberately to be open-ended, to give you as much flexibility as possible, to give you as much creative freedom as possible. But obviously, after you've worked for a little while, you also know that 
things don't always go the way you want them to. Um, you know, whether that's because some piece of gear is either actually failing, your recollection of how to use the piece of gear is failing, um, maybe you don't have an idea, you know, like you get one little snippet of an idea that you like, but you don't know what to do with it, or, you know, uh, there's a million examples. So what I wanted to start with, and what I've been starting with basically with the other um, folks that when we talk about this is kind of like, where do you see those things, like, like how do they manifest, and then also, like, what are you doing in your own sort of experiments or whatever it might be, like when something happens and you're like, oh yeah, that's not the way I want this to go, like what do you do? Because some people will just run away, literally. They'll be like, ah, okay, fine, I'm done. And they go on to something else and they run away from the problem. Other folks get so caught up in it that they can never get past the problem and they're overly critical or overanalyzing and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I'm just, so I'm, I'm curious as three new folks and somebody who's been around for, the, for a while, like, like what happens? I'm just, you know, just generally speaking, like when you're trying to make something and you run into a problem, what do you do? I mean, usually what I will do is, so I've been working with a group and, you know, we tend to, when we run into problems, I guess, sometimes, for me, this is personal, for me personally, it's on my mind for a while and I try and kind of fix it right then and there. Okay. But usually what I'll run into is we're like on GarageBand, I'll be making something and I try and see if like it sounds too much like something I've already heard because that's usually a problem I run into. I'll be just making a song that was just on my head that day or the right, day right, before. Right. And that's something that that's I That's not uncommon. You yeah. like you go through this thing and like this is awesome and then all yeah, of a sudden you're like, like that's, that's awesome because it was like a top 10 hit 3 exactly, years ago. Of exactly. course it's awesome. Yeah. Right. No, I yeah. Everybody goes through that moment. That's okay. So what do you do when that happens? Like, what are some things you've been trying? I mean, really just starting from scratch and using odd instruments that I haven't really okay. see that I haven't heard before because that way, usually when I just use a basic, I don't know, a drum beat or something, it'll be a drum beat in the back of just some random okay. song. So you, you, your solution is essentially to sort of, like, pull yourself out of your comfort zone deliberately and right. try to do something that's fundamentally either unique or unexpected to try to like shift your focus yeah. mentally yeah okay exactly cool cool other thoughts on this from our other folks like like what you do when you're working on something and it doesn't quite go right um well an example of one issue that i'm having is at the project i'm doing right now mm -hmm. i kind of set up everything for i picked the key i picked the chords i made progression about like a week ago okay and I'm putting them all in, into GarageBand, and uh, the problem is it's all out of time. And I'm, that's, like, constantly my problem. Okay. So so in your case, first of all, I would, I would say that the fact that you can be that specific on what's causing you the issue is actually really good. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, the look on your face as you're describing it, it is clearly driving you crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. But the fact that you can identify it, because a lot of times people have a problem and they just are like... There's something wrong. I don't know exactly what it is. I just know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good thing. Um, as far as the specifics of what you're talking about, this idea of timing. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about an issue, though, that really comes down to execution, not that you don't have the content. It's just not sounding the way you want it to sound. Like, what, the way you hear it in your head isn't matching up yeah. to what you're... Okay, so... So, like, when I go to make a beat... Mm -hmm. Like on top of it, like I find out that there's like something on it that's off. Right. So what I'm planning on doing when I get back to my project is just like writing everything down, and mm -hmm. in it I have a like a little solo, 
So I try to map out the tab. Okay. And then cool. Have everything set up and then make the beat first. Wow. Before I can. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was gonna suggest. There are some folks who can record to no click track, no rhythm track, no nothing, mm -hmm. and they will wind up in time. Yeah. It is very rare because we naturally ebb and flow a little bit based on sort of our mood and the momentum of the line. I mean, it just kind of has, I mean, that's why, I would argue that's why music does what it does for us emotionally because there is ebb and flow to it. It's not this mechanical robotic thing. Even when it's in an EDM context, there are still these human elements to it, I, I believe. Having said that, starting with the rhythm track is going to alleviate a lot of that problem when you have a reference point. Are you thinking about using a, a click track or are you thinking about using like a drummer track? Um, probably a click track. Okay. If it helps, and I, you know, different people have different things. Um, Haley and I have talked about this in the past with, with her own recording. The, you know, you want the rhythmic elements, so the click track is always a good thing. That click is essential in some ways, but it's also very, for a lot of people, a click track is also like... Artificial. Yeah, and just unmusical, like yeah. bonk, 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 bonk. Something to consider mm -hmm. is using the drummer track that's got a little more just feels a little more, more responsive, I guess. But you can always take it out later. Okay. So something to think about when you're setting up, and it, it sounds to me like you're extremely methodical, which is great. Like you have clearly the idea that you want to tab out the solo and you want to really define all the individual parameters. That's awesome. That's, that's, that says a lot for you. But you may also want to consider ways in which you can sort of lower the stress of all of that. So one of the nice things about multi-tracking is if you're doing it correctly and you don't have things bleeding all over the place, which is one of the reasons why we always want you to, you know, always talk about wearing headphones so that you don't get the external, you know, if you have an external speaker, in some ways it's easier, but then that's bleeding into your mic and everything else. Um, but one of the things you might consider is the possibility that you set things up so that you can record the part as comfortably and as accurately as you can but then you take away all the other bits you don't actually want. Like, just because you use something in a recorded setting doesn't necessarily mean it has to make the final mix. That's something that I think a lot of us don't think about because we're so concerned with the idea of I did something and I want everything that I did to be in evidence when people hear it because I want them to be blown away by all the stuff I did because I worked really hard on this and it means a lot to me and, and all those, which is totally understandable. But sometimes the most powerful moments musically are when you don't have those extra things. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna watch this really great video. I show it every year. Uh, it's Brian May from Queen, and he's in a recording studio, and he's talking, he talks you through how they do Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a great, I mean, it's, it's just an so awesome cool. video. I, I've watched it like a thousand times, and every time I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't so catch neat. that. But he talked, I don't wanna give away too much of it, but at one point he talks about in the beginning you know the part where Freddie sings, you know, it's, is this the real life? Yeah, okay. yeah. So first of all, that, that part is just Freddie by himself. It's five vocal lines. He is overdubbing and harmonizing with himself. But what a lot of people don't know is that when it was recorded, there is a guide piano track for Freddie to make sure he's got the pitches that he needs so that he can anchor on the, because it's really hard to sing chords and it's really hard to harmonize with yourself. Here's the thing, though. The piano track doesn't appear in the final recording. Now, without it, 
could Freddie have done what he did musically? Yeah, maybe. You know, we don't really know. There's, I mean, it's hard to tell. But they took it away. So as a listener, you have no idea. You just hear this amazing opening line. Rhythmically, you may have something similar there. Do what, my, my point is not to belabor the point, but just that whatever you need to do so that rhythmically you feel comfortable to record the other parts, do it. Because then you can always change it later. You can always change it later. And it may give you a better sense of, of control is, is the other part of it. So what about you? You've been around forever in this program. So, what was the question again? Just talking about like when you run into a block or something with your creative process. Well, that happens a lot. I'm kind of I'm kind of in one right now in a in a block, but I'm just trying to ride it out and just like going with the flow and letting like when I f- feel like I'm ready is when I'm ready. Um, I try not to push it when I'm you know, not unable to make music because I'm the kind of person that can't just sit there and make music. Okay. I, I have to have, at least from scratch, I have to have some kind of idea to already work with. Otherwise, it's really difficult for me to just make something on the spot. And for me personally, I like the things that I make to have a lot of meaning to them. So I don't want to just write something mindlessly and have it have no meaning. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so what are, can you give examples of like over time, like different things you've tried or different things that have... So, currently, so, okay. So I was talking to the intern about this. I'm trying to make a scratch track of of the very first song that I ever wrote because I never recorded it. And when I wrote it, I wrote it, it... I wrote it at uh, the fr- end of eighth grade, beginning of freshman year, and um, I've never, like, actually recorded it. I've always tried, but I never tried. I, what I want to do, now that it's now that I'm not scared to do it, is I want to record it in E. Okay. But um, I wanted to have a scratch track of it first, because it's one of those songs where I can hear a whole band behind it, and I need everyone in that. I need, I need people to be the band. Okay. So I wanted to make a scratch track to... Um, show or to to have everyone else that I want to be a part of it listen to mm-hmm. and then they can figure out how to play it or what they want to do if, okay. if they want to be a part of it you know all the all that jazz um and looking at it now fr- looking at it now and then looking at the way like looking at the way I went about it now versus the way I went about it back freshman year when I tried to record it it's just kind of crazy how now I know like exactly what to do. I know how to like, if I hit a block or if I hit a, a bump in the road, I know how to get over it like really quick, really easily. Mm-hmm. Like because I know all of the tools and all of the okay. techniques to get around anything that might be in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, do you? Th- no, I apologize for coming up, but I'm curious. Do you think that those that change in your ability to do that is that from? experience like well I've just done it a bunch of times so I've been through it is that is that a function of just getting older and I mean I just had a conversation recently with another student who's also a senior and 
she made a comment that basically came down to, you know, I just decided that after all these years, all these things that were bothering me, I'm going to be gone in like six or seven months anyway. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go for it, and whatever will happen will happen. This is something we were talking about stage fright issues, which I know is not the same thing, but, you know, some of that was, and, and I said, well, I was like really excited about that, and I'm like, so what happened that you're suddenly... For me, it's, it's a growth thing. It's, okay. a, it's a personal growth thing. Uh, I've changed a lot as a person me, like in, when it comes to my music, when it comes to just being me out in life. Okay. Um, so I've grown and I've learned. I mean, yeah, I've done it a million times now, but I've also, it, that's because I learned. And now with every time I do it, I, you know, I feel like I, will, I learn more okay. because okay. I'm doing it. It okay. like, sticks with me and then I, you know, different things. But I, what I was going to say was, you know, you're you were having trouble with your click track, and he mentioned using a drum track. Well, that's what I did when I tried recording the guitar part. I don't know how to play drums. Very, I could play the basis, like the ba- most basic beat you can think of. I can play that, but that's about it. And so I was like, well, I need something because I can't just play to a click track because I'm playing guitar. So I was like, we'll put a drum track in the background, and then I'll play guitar to it. I even sang with it so that it felt more natural, it felt more comfortable when I was going about it, and then the guitar came out pretty well, even though I'm no, not the best at playing guitar. Let me ask, oh, no, but, no, but that's good. So, so actually, that brings me to my second question. Um, I'm just looking to see what kind of time. Yeah, we can very quickly maybe go through this. And I, this will be maybe different for all of you. So in here, we have this policy about how everybody can share whatever it is they want to share and not worry, So you know, because we're, we're all trying to figure out how to make things. So my question is, my follow-up then is, so let's say you're working on something. You know there's a deadline, let's say in a week and a half, because there is a deadline in a week and a half where we're going to share stuff. How do you resolve your sense of, okay, I'm actually proud of the idea, but maybe something's not quite working with it versus I'm supposed to present, but I don't want to embarrass my... Like, you know what I mean? Like, like where do you draw that line... Because I know for some people that's that becomes the problem they have here. It's not it's not the discipline to make stuff. It's the it's not ready yet. I want to be here until it's ready because it's a bit. But at the same time, the whole point is to get feedback to make it more ready or more viable or more whatever. Have you guys? I mean, and I know in this class because most almost everybody Haley maybe being the exception is new this year, so I've sort of spent the whole first quarter just kind of easing you you all into just sort of, well, just do something. Just, just you know, don't don't trip as you're walking over to the stage kind of right. kind of attitude, just so that you can get through it all. But I, I'm wondering if does that, does that enter into your mind at all? No. No? You just, you're just like, just it is where it is? Mostly with people here. You what? I'm not yeah, on I mean, the same level I am. Okay. Which is nothing. Well, <laughs> I don't know anything about making music. Yeah, but see, I would disagree because we can have conversations about the process now that you couldn't have had 10 weeks ago. Now, you may not be executing them the way you want to yet, but that's sort of my point. You know, where, where do you define those lines? Do those lines even matter? Is it possible to be like, you know what, I don't know anything, but I know enough to move myself forward a little bit on something, which you have been doing. I mean, it's not like you're not getting anything done you clearly are they're not maybe executing exactly as you want i don't know i'm just i'm just wondering and we got to make this unfortunately our closing thoughts here because the bell's gonna ring but i I do want to this is to me this is kind of the crux of it in some respects what do you think uh well i was just gonna say like 
I mean, the one thing that always, I, those thoughts do run through my head sometimes, like, oh, maybe I'm not ready, I don't want anyone to hear this, but I think in our class, we're all kind of, when we struggle, we all kind of are struggling at the same time. We're all trying to just uh, get this done and see, like, what... This class is very unique in that regard. Everybody is very, seems very conscious of the fact that everybody in here yeah, is just trying all... to make it work, like, and everybody's fairly supportive of each other in that regard. Um... I don't know. Any other quick thoughts on this at all? Anything in general? <laughs> no? It gets uh, better. Yeah, I think the stress is probably good. Okay. It is. Yeah, it, yeah it's Okay. It's, it's motivating. Yeah. It's, okay. Oh, no. The, well, that's good then. That's yeah. good then if it moves you forward. It seems and maybe... like it sucks, but if it, in, the, in the long run, it, <laughs> it helps you. keeps you going. Doing things like that help you out in life. I mean, that's just like, yeah, it's school. That's everything. Like, it's yeah. school. It's life. It's everything. If you're able to, like, present things that you feel kind of insecure about if you can do that in front of a bunch of high school kids <laughs> and it's it could be a, like you singing or something like and that's like really like vulnerable then you're you're good man you in life you're gonna have a weird like confidence about things you know i don't i don't know any specific things but like i can tell you that in my life like i have a job going to work talking to people face to face <laughs> talking on the phone like it gives you confidence. It makes you not as scared to um, be a person. There you go. All right, on that note, thank you guys so much for being part of this. Of course. And All right, so there you have it. Uh, part five of a five-part series dealing with students and the creative process and their perceptions of how that works and how it's changing for them over time. It's pretty cool to get a chance to talk to the different students um, from different classes about this kind of thing and and to see kind of where there are some similarities, where there's parallels, where there's differences, um, and, and how honestly a lot of them, uh, even, even a lot of the folks, as you've heard over the last several weeks, that are, um, you know, they've been part of the program for a while, um, are evolving still and changing still, and, and their priorities shift and things like that. And I think it's always just really great to uh, get a sense for where the students are at. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week with a new topic and a new episode. Uh, again, this is the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. You can find us on iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you get podcasts. Please feel free to subscribe and share. And you can find out more about the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program at ArcadiaCMAS.com. And you can always find me at RichardMaxwell.net. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.